Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. Hey, your voice is back. I sound like myself again. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, you got up and spoke, and I was like, you still got a little frog in there a somewhere. Bit, a little bit, but, but yeah, it's, it's... That New England weather did, did wonders for you, didn't it? It was night. Oh, what a week. What a weekend. We were, we were in Boston on Thursday, Friday, and trying to get home from Boston on Thursday, on Saturday. And it felt and, like a month that we were up there. Yeah, but it was it was a great trip. We'll, you, you'll hear more about more about it in about two weeks on the podcast, but it was a, a wonderful trip that we uh, we did for the parish and um, met with some great people up there. Uh, but no, the weather, here, feeling 57 degree weather in September is just a joy. Glorious. And we were able to see uh, Gloucester Bay, or Gloucester Harbor, excuse me, Gloucester Harbor, Haba, and uh, it was just, you're enjoying this, aren't you? Uh, and had lobster rolls, and it was just they treated us like royalty. And like I said, we'll 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 give you the reason why we're we're up there in two weeks. So that's uh, uh, a little a teaser teaser there for uh, for you for all of you on October second. We'll we'll tip our hand as to why we were up there. Uh, but no, we had a great time, and we we needed to get back because first of all, uh, I had two men that needed to go back to their wives, and um, a priest that needed to go back to his congregation for Sunday, and. Um, <laughs> Even though with the hurricane 300 miles offshore, they canceled all the flights out of Logan. Oh, that and was, so we had to Uber to Worcester. Fun. But you don't want to hear about our crazy trip. Thankfully, thank God for JetBlue and <laughs> other live TVs. Uh, we had to roll out ourselves for and So we had like three three TVs going and an iPad going. and well, But no, but it was... Rough travel. Uh, rough travel. But I, mean, I, I turned to Jorge <laughs> when we landed. I go, it's not even the remotely in my top 10 worst travel experiences. It was okay. And, you know, we were amongst friends. We had a good time. There was one thing missing, and you know, I'm I'm doing the motion right now in in, in the studio, uh, but um, yeah, alcohol. But uh, so that's the only thing that was missing. We're making it look like a sports, sports bar, bar, thirty thousand yeah. feet in the air. But we're back here. We had to get back for catechetical Sunday, which was yesterday, and um, we had an interesting gospel yesterday. Was it, you called it a homiletic gymnastics? Well, the thing is that Jorge. Saw me because uh, you know it's a three-hour flight. I didn't know it was going to be a it turned into a six-hour odyssey on a plane. So he saw me, you know, write my homily and 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 the crazy process that I go through, you know, jotting down ideas in the pack of a post-it. I've already used post-it for that matter, and then writing it out on an iPad without a keyboard. I've gotten used to that. No, no, no with with, with, with two fingers. with two fingers. No, and you and you know that I can type <laughs> with all five fingers, but it's more comfortable on an iPad to type with two no. fingers, and I'm faster. It's not not very accurate, but you know, because uh, I, I I don't like the iPad case with the, with the keyboard. It's clunky. And um, anyhow, Hori did a lot of work too. He, he wasn't he, he just wasn't uh, you know just watching football games. Just I did and I did squeeze back. in a nap. I I, I finished. I didn't see at the, the end worst of, possible moment. You snuck in a nap at the end of the fourth quarter. I thought that game was over. Oh, but of BC. Florida State. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't. I, I really don't <laughs> care. A nap, sleep, always more important. So, 
Um, but anyways, he saw me, he saw my little process, and I typed up the homily there, and I told him that I'm doing homiletic gymnastics because the gospel is is like this, you know, about this uh, topic, and the theme for Catechol Sunday is on a totally different topic. But you know, I was able to kind of blend in the two, and I think I nailed it more at the five thirty mass, which you didn't hear, yep. than at the ten thirty mass, and I'll and I'll get into that in a second. But forgiveness, that's that's the obstacle. And it's not really an obstacle. Um, it's an obstacle in the spiritual life where we consciously choose not to forgive. Let me give you some background. Gospel yesterday was about the wicked servant. Peter asks the Lord, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven times, he and, asked? And he thought he's being smart there. Like seven times, right? That's good enough. Yeah, that's huh? good enough. Yeah, seven times. Seven, the perfect okay. number. I'm good I've had to, go. to forgive George eight times this morning. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, so Jesus says not seven times, but 77 times. Uh, and then he gives us a parable of the wicked servant who, you know, had a big debt. His master was going to put him in jail. He said, no, please forgive my debt, you know, and, and he does. But what does he do? Turns around, starts torturing a lesser servant who owed him less money. Starts, I didn't mention it yesterday. Starts choking the man, has him put in jail to pay off the debt, and then everybody, else, all the other turns are like, "Dude, you just yep. got forgiven." So they tell the master and said, "You and the master says, you wicked servant, hand him over to the torturers." And then Jesus, at the end of this, says, "So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives his brothers from his heart." And that's the tough part. Like I said, forgiveness. It can be an obstacle in the spiritual life. Because when we consciously choose not to forgive, we cut off the fountain of God's grace in us. We become bitter, we become cold, and most of all, we become unwelcoming because we let you know, anger, hatred, you know, the grudge that we're holding, we let it consume us, and we come at, we become an unwelcoming Christian, and no one likes a bitter Christian. We avoid them. Yep. So when you don't forgive, when you choose not to forgive someone who's wronged you, that creates something that our hearts are not pre are not built to sustain. Our hearts are made to love. Our hearts are made to forgive. Our hearts are made in, image, in the image and likeness of the heart of our Lord. So when we say, no, nah, you know, I can't, I can't forgive. That person did something to me that I cannot forgive. And I'm not talking about, you know, hypotheticals or, or somebody, you know, you know, a celebrity did something or a politician did something or a football team did something or whatever. No, I'm talking about the real your deal. brother, your sister, your family member, your friend, your fellow parishioner, your fellow Christian. That's who Jesus, and for the most part, what Peter is talking about. You know, how do we forgive a brother or a sister who has wronged us? And, you know, I've seen it so many times in my priesthood that people sit with me and they're like, Father, you know, let's just take a you know a pretty common example in in a in a marriage that one or the other betrayed the other person, or cheated on the other person. Father, 
how can I forgive this person? You know, where the world says, no, drop the person, move on. Jesus calls us to forgive. And I have seen it where either the man is cheated on the wife or the wife is cheated on the, on the man and they have forgiven one another and the marriage is still going. And you're, and you're hearing this and you say, uh, Father, they're just dumb. Oh, yeah, they are. Jesus makes us a little dumb. Yep. <laughs> it's called the folly. You know, the folly of the cross. The madness of the cross, St. Paul calls it. You have to be a little mad, a little, little, little dumb to be a Christian. Because the world tells us, you know, your wife cheats on you, leave her. Husband cheats on you, leave him. Don't question that, just leave. Just get up and leave. Instead of saying, well, I forgive you. I don't know if I got a little hot water yesterday. I go, you know, everybody's always looking for revenge. How can you one-up the other person when they wronged you? You know, so something bad happens. Okay, how do I get revenge? I go, how do you, th and this is where I got, me got a little trouble. I said, well, why do you think our lawyer so gainfully employed? <laughs> While I was staring intently at a federal judge who was right in front of me and his wife, who was a very good lawyer. And then got a kick out of what I just said, what I had said. And I made the distinction of seeking revenge and seeking justice. Because, you know, being a lawyer is a noble profession. Unfortunately, there are a few that, you know, don't make it, you know, ones that annoy me with their commercials when I'm watching Seinfeld at night saying, if you've been in an accident, call us. Like, and if it was an accident, and yes, it may be just cause for you to call a lawyer, but many of the times it's, they're ambulance chasers and just looking to, to profit off, you know, whatever happened to you. But I'm looking at it and I made the distinction between revenge and justice. Jesus, you know, you know, somebody approached me and said, Lord, give me justice. I need justice. And so that's different. But the thing is that when lawyers get involved, there is no room for forgiveness. And going back to the married couple and, uh, uh, example, you know, there is no room for forgiveness in a divorce proceeding. You know, it's like, how can I get more out of that other person? And it's usually the lawyers say, no, 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 you need more, you need more, you need more. And I've had people say, but Father, you know, I, I just want this to go away, but my lawyer keeps pressing me more and more and more. I go, yeah, because it's more fees for them. You know, while there are many, so many good lawyers who do, who, you know, who do such great work, especially with immigration, especially for helping those who are less fortunate find justice. And that's two very different things. But forgiveness, it consumes, when we don't forgive, it consumes us. When we hold the grudge, it's a terrible burden to carry. And it consumes us, and it doesn't allow us to love in the way that Jesus calls us to love. What's that famous uh, Gandhi quote, right? I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Your right. Christians uh -huh. are so unlike your Christ. You know, uh, other issues with Gandhi aside, there's a lot of truth <laughs> to that statement. And and he was looking at he was looking at the church as an outsider and going, "What? Well, I've read your scriptures. I've I've learned about your Christ, and then I'm looking at." The church in action, and you know, there was for all the good that we do, this sense of of not forgiving, of holding grudges, of being these bitter Christians. Yeah, we it, it we become hypocrites because oh, we are yeah. so unlike what we are called, who we are called to be. You know, and as you were speaking there, I was thinking uh, that unfortunate tragedy in the 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 one of the shootings in the church. Uh, in a, it was one of these. Uh, hold on. It was a Baptist church. The Baptist church, yeah. yeah. And that night, yeah, 
that night. They they didn't even they they had no idea of motive or what was going on. But that night, the congregation came out together and said, "We forgive." Yeah, and you could see the reporters that were there going, "Wait, what? What do you mean? Like we don't even know what's going on here." And your your initial reaction is just to come out and say, "We forgive," and that's how we're going to move on. We're going to heal. And they were flabbergasted, and the world was flabbergasted. Like you just had this terrible thing happen to you, and their initial reaction was, "We forgive you." I remember that. And back in '99, with the Columbine shooting, which was like the first of the of all these crazy shootings that are senseless, uh, the father, one of the little girls that passed away that was shot, forgave these two young men. And the world didn't understand that, you know, and. I'm trying to think, and I'm sure there is a case, and and and, and I should. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna text a news producer who's worked a lot on this story in Parkland. I'm trying to remember, but it's not as vivid to me and off the top of my head. If any of the parents of of, of those poor souls that died in Parkland on the 14th of February of, of 2018, uh, if anyone forgave, because there were people in that courtroom that wanted Nicholas Cruz. To die. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, because let's say he was sentenced to the death penalty. They, that nightmare would not have ended. And mind you, I'm thinking, I'm here observing as an outsider, right. an outsider who lived in Parkland, who knows the Parkland community, who knows the suffering they had in Parkland, who had a former student in that building who didn't know that he was okay until 9.30 that night because it was Ash Wednesday. And they were in that. And if they would have been sentenced Nicholas Cruz to the de- uh, Cruz to the death sentence, then that would have gone, you know, to appeal automatically, and then appeal, and then appeal, and appeal. And until let's say he would have been executed, it would have been years down. Now, life without the possibility of parole. Case closed. Over. Now it's not over for those parents, but the thing is that they wanted justice. Very important. Sure. But justice is mine, saith the Lord. It's in the scriptures. This is only belongs to him. And him spending his life in prison is justice. Death penalty is an easy way out. And the thing is, and I had no idea I was going to speak about this, but I need every Catholic listening to me to, in, to carve this into your mind. You cannot be pro-life and be pro-death penalty. Let me repeat that. We're going deep today. <laughs> okay. You can say you're against abortion as much as you want. You can go back and quote some medieval pope, which is what people do to me on Twitter all the time. Our current catechesis of Holy Mother Church, the magisterium of the church that you profess every Sunday in the creed when you say, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, teaches the death penalty in every instance is a mortal sin. Do I think I made my point? No. Okay. <laughs> Email at me. Tweet at me. Okay? It is a mortal sin. Only God can take life. And you need to be as passionate as, about that as you would an unborn child. Because that also involves forgiveness. And so... Someone living on death row or living, not death row, living in a state penitentiary for the rest or a federal penitentiary for the rest of their life 
to you know pay the debt that they incurred the crime they committed that is justice okay the death penalty is wrong this is not a political statement this is not father manny's opinion this is not jorge santibani's opinion this is church moral doctrine and the loophole that existed in the 1992 catechism was closed by Pope Francis. All right. Did not know I was going to go there. <laughs> I think it needed to be said. For sure. So, forgiveness. You talked about the, the, the people from the Baptist Church. And, that, and that's such a, a beautiful example because you want to talk about facing pure evil. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to talk about facing something that they won't see justice for this side of the grave. No. Yeah, and immediately, like it wasn't. Let me process it. Let me learn more about the case. Let me see what the motive was. You know, immediately that night they gathered as a community. It wasn't a large community, but they gathered together as a community and said, "We forgive." You know, and and the legal system will take its course, but as a community, we forgive. And they lost. I don't remember how many people. You know, they were hurting. They were mourning, and they had every right to be angry, and they were angry, and yet they turned to the Lord and said, I'm going to be like you, Lord, and I'm going to forgive. Father, forgive, and they know not what they do. Somebody asked me after one of the Mass yesterday, well, Father, uh, you know, what if the person doesn't ask for, you know, you know, doesn't ask for forgiveness, or, you, you know, or, or isn't seeking forgiveness? And I go, Jesus forgave the people that crucified him, and they didn't ask for forgiveness. You forgive them anyways. That was, that's what makes us Christian. You know, that's the thing about forgiveness. It's about it's about you, not about the recipient. You know what? When ideally, yes, we want we want the person that we're forgiving to be apologetic and and to be sincere in that apology. You know, and to be able to receive that forgiveness. But the act of forgiving It's freeing. It, for for you for yeah. as the person doing the forgiving mm-hmm. you know because you're basically you're letting that go yeah you know you're saying what what happened happened and you know to to go back to a this the example you used you know, a couple where one cheated on the other you're not forgetting that right you know that and that's going to be an obstacle and a difficulty in that relationship for the rest of your life you know there's there's no getting around that but in the act of forgiving, you can say, we're going to move on. We're going to work through this together. Mm-hmm. You, but it's free because now, yes, you're not forgetting. But you're not holding that grudge. Right. Where the grudge becomes kind of like a wedge between you. Right. And a grudge is something, like I said, it's a terrible burden to carry. So going back to the example you gave of, of the victims of the Baptist church, going back to that parent in the Columbine shooting, um, you know, it, it was liberating, even though the world didn't understand it, for those people to say, "If we are people of faith, then we need to for, we need to forgive. If we are if we are truly Christian in word and deed, then we need to forgive. Because it doesn't matter what happens in the legal system. You know, uh, when you were talking just now, I was reading because we got uh, a life alert from the Office of Respect Life. Because the there's an execution scheduled in Florida on, I believe, 3rd of October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, the bishops of Florida, every time there's an ex- you know, execution schedule, they petition the governor, who is a Catholic. And they say, listen, we understand that what the crimes you're committing were heinous crimes. And, but, he, but the point that they make is killing this person will not restore the lives of these people whose lives he took. And will not, you know, and you say, will it give, it, will it give peace to the families of these victims? I don't know. Like, I, I can't speak for the parents of the kids who died in Parkland or the teachers who died in Parkland and whether they have peace today because Nicholas Cruz is still alive. I can't speak to that. But what does it say to us as a society when we say, no, no, if they, that person dies, that person is no longer walking this earth, I will be at peace. That's looking for vengeance. And that's not finding room for forgiveness. But, you know, and, and that, again, that's an extreme example. But even, even in the day-to-day, you know, we get wronged, we want, we want that payback, and maybe we get that payback. Yeah, and it, and it feels good for a moment, and then that moment ends, and we're right back to feeling how we were. Yeah. You know, again, I, I cannot imagine what those parents felt like. I can't imagine what that Baptist community was going through. You know, what, what victims of these terrible tragedies go through emotionally and spiritually. I can't speak to that. I can't put myself in their position. You know, but I can I can very well recall, you know, being wronged by a friend, you know, entering into an argument where where I was right and the other person was wrong or vice versa, you know, and there's this this breakdown and something happens. You know, and I said, Oh, I want I want my payback. I want my revenge. You know, I want something bad to happen to that person now. You know, and something does happen to that person. And I go, ha ha, they're payback. And then a minute later, a day later, a month later, life goes on. It's, you know, it's and I and I'm and nothing has changed. <laughs> and that's why always be careful, you know, as Christians, when you invoke karma, quote unquote. No. We don't believe in that. We believe in justice that the Lord will give us justice our Lord who is you know who is just but always remember something a very wise nun once told me the mercy of God is greater than the justice of God that our God is first of all merciful and Pope Francis speaks about that mercy yesterday when he said without forgiveness there is no hope without forgiveness there is no peace Forgiveness is the oxygen that purifies the air of hatred. It is the antidote to the poisons of resentment. It is the way to diffuse anger and heal so many maladies of the heart because every one of us is forgiven. God gave his life for us and in no way can we recompense his mercy. However, by forgiving one another, we can bear witness to him sowing new life around us. That's what those Baptists did. They bore witness to Jesus Christ, who forgave the good thief on the cross, who forgave his executioners, and they were able to sow new life where there was death. Yep. Oh, goodness. Yep. And they found rest. Absolutely. You know, to, to kind of go to this theme of Catechetical Sunday yesterday. You know, come to me, you who labor and are burdened. You want to talk about burdened, you know? Be the victim of, of anything. That, that is a burden to carry. And yet the Lord says, bring it to me. Come to me. You know, put that in my hands. Let me take care of it. And you rest. Right. 
And that was a connection I made at the factory. And that's, and that's what for, you said for, you know, to the act of forgiving is freeing for you. And yes, it's, we were able to let that go and we're able to rest. You know, cause otherwise we, we would be constantly looking for, all right, where can I get payback? Where can I get, you know, where, where can I strike? You know, who can I, you know, where, where can I take out this anger and this frustration and, the, and this hurt that I have? And yet when we say, I forgive you, even if you don't want it, even if you don't deserve it, you know, to say, I forgive you and to, to say it authentically, meaningfully, it's that really, it's that, mm -hmm. it's that, okay, Lord, it's in your hands, you know, and I'm going to move on with my life and I'm able to rest now. Maybe not good rest, but you're able to rest. <laughs> and now, like I said, that was a connection that I made at the 530 Mass. I didn't make it at the 1030. Is that come to me all who are laboring a burden. If your burden, what if it is that burden is yep. not forgiving, yep. is holding a grudge? And what Jesus is telling us, come, rest, unburden yourself. Give me your burdens. I will carry them for you. And that means having to let go yep. of resentment, to let go. Excuse me, to let go of any suffering we have that somebody who of somebody who injured me, who wronged me. You know what? I forgive this person. And that is so freeing. It it, it may sound weak. It may sound like a sign of weakness. But does anyone look up at the cross and say, Jesus is weak when he's saying, Father, forgive them because, you know, for they know not what they do. No, it's a sign of strength. It's a sign of strength in the spiritual life. You know, another, another bishop tweeted out yesterday. He said, if you're struggling to forgive someone who has offended you, recall, recall the countless times God has embraced you in his divine mercy, forgiven your sins, and allowed you to begin anew. If God never tires of forgiving us, we must not tire of forgiving one another. Ah, see, that's the question that Peter asked. How many times should I forgive? You know, seven times may seem like a stretch. Because, you know, we, we go by the credo, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. But, I wanted to do the Michael Scott quote, but it, it escapes you right now. Uh, fool me, you know, it's fool me once, strike one, fool me twice, strike three. It was something along those lines. But, you know, if God forgives us infinitely think about how many times you walked in the confession and confess the same sin so what jesus is saying is like yeah that applies to you too not just seven times it's 77 times and, and again what we start with peter thought he was being smart there because i don't think he was actually saying seven like let me count one two three four five six seven seven biblically is this perfect perfect number, number yeah. right meaning every single time you know so he's going seven times lord right and the lord doubles down and says, no, not seven times, 77 times. You know, so infinite times, infinite. So endless times, literally endless times. Forgive, 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 because that's what the Lord does with us. Yeah. You know, was Father Andrews, uh, I think you might have mentioned it here on the podcast, but you go to, when you go to confession, you're confessing the same sin over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And Father Andrew jokes that sometimes he says to people in the confessional, well, do you want a new sin? That's what I said. <laughs> my father Andrew. You know, he it's, stole that from me. <laughs> it's uh, do do you want a new sin? If that's your if that's your cross, okay, fine. You know, keep keep bringing it. 
keep bringing it back to confession. You, the Lord will forgive you. The Lord will forgive you. Infinite, 77, 70 times, seven times. And give you the grace, hopefully, to, to stop committing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, all of this, okay, it's beautiful talk. Okay, we have to forgive all that. But let's get to the nitty-gritty of what's going on at the end of this parable where Jesus is very direct. And for that, I th Father Andrew did do this in his homily. He went to the first reading, which is also very direct from the book of Sirach, where Sirach is saying, Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs him tight. The vengeful suffer the Lord's vengeance, for he remembers their sins in detail. And here's where the connection with the gospel. Forgive your neighbor's injustice. And then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. Could anyone nourish anger against another and expect, accept, expect healing from the Lord? Could anyone refuse mercy to another like himself? Can he seek pardon for his own sins? If one who is flesh cherishes wrath, who will forgive his sins? Remember your last days, set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Think of the commandments, hate your neighbor. Remember the Most High's covenant and over, sorry, think of your commandments, hate not your neighbor. Remember the Most High's covenant and overlook faults. The microphone was covering not, which was a very important word. <laughs> okay, hate not your neighbor. But so it's very direct. The Lord remembers this, remembers your sins in detail. So let's go to the back of that parable where the servant who received mercy, the wicked servant, doesn't apply that same mercy to another servant and chokes him. And when the other servants report him to the master, the master says, no, 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 hand him over to the torturers. So here's the last tweet that I, that I read yesterday from a wonderful priest from Michigan who is very, very deep sometimes. And he said, hearts that lack kindness and harbor unforgiveness cut themselves off from the gift of the healing power of the Lord. I read this after I wrote the homily. I had already mentioned this in the homily, that we cut ourselves off from God's grace when we don't forgive. And he's kind of like echoing that. They cut themselves off from the healing power of the Lord. If our faith is defined by perpetually arguing about rubrics or pointing out the quote-unquote horrors of the other side while ignoring the horrors we inflict, then I suspect we are going to be very disappointed at Judgment Day. And Jesus says it in the Gospel. If you don't apply the same mercy to others that God applies to you, you'll be handed over to the torturers. And what this priest is saying is like, yeah, you'll be disappointed on Judgment Day. Now, obviously here, obviously he's tweeting this out, and Twitter can be a very, especially Catholic Twitter, can be a very unforgiving space. I said it earlier. Whenever I tweet something against the death penalty, people are sending me, you know, texts from Pope Pius V in the 11th century said about, I go, yeah, that was back when, you know, yep. that capital punishment was, was applied willy-nilly. Now, in a place where we have jails that were people can be secure and not escape, unless you're in Mexico. You know, where Del Chapo's escaped, I don't know how many times. But here in this country, 
we can apply justice in a much more severe way. Because, and, and this is just now. I said all is. I said earlier. This is not Father Manning. Now this is Father Manning talking. I think death is an easy way out when it comes to crimes, yep. especially capital crimes. Whereas, you know, and it takes away. Listen well. It takes when you kill someone. It takes away the possibility of redemption in this life. Of this person, I'm looking at the Bible right now, discovering the Bible. I forget what state it was, recently executed a man who had a very low IQ, but had embraced the faith, had brought others to the faith, since he had committed this crime, and was doing good inside prison walls. But yet, we have to execute him. And they did, unfortunately. God save his soul and God save ours. We take away the possibility of redemption when we don't forgive the other person. So this is where we are in allowing ourselves to be instruments of God's mercy. If we want to be vessels, if we want to be conduits of God's mercy, we have to apply that mercy as well. And we say it in the Our Father every single day, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. You can't skip over that line. Both lines are intertwined. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Yes, God's mercy is unconditional. Okay, but conditions are placed on it when we place conditions on the mercy that we dish out or don't dish out. But my friends... Learn to forgive yesterday at the 5.30 Mass. It was pretty cool because I'm at the beginning of the homily and I say, you know, I, I, what I opened the homilies yesterday in the podcast with, you know, it's, it's a big obstacle when we don't forgive. Okay. God wants us to forgive one another. And all of a sudden, there was a crash of, of lightning and thunder outside. <laughs> and, I'm, and I just go like that and I, without talking, I look, he agrees. He agrees. <laughs> I should end the homily now. I'm sure they would have been happy. I was 30 seconds in. Okay. Should end the homily now. I mean, I just got confirmation from above. Forgive one another. <laughs> That's what we got. But why is it so difficult for us to forgive? You're probably saying, well, Father, you, you have no idea. You know, this, 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 and this happened. Or this, this, and this happened. Whatever happened to you, pales in comparison to what happened to our Lord on the cross. Innocent man, the unblemished Lamb of God, was crucified for our sake. And yet, he gave us the model when he said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. So what I'm asking today is to contemplate in your, in your prayer. If someone has wronged you, and you haven't forgiven them. In prayer, walk through, how would I do this? And you'll notice that, wow, if I let go of this resentment, if I let go of this grudge, look at how much freedom I will receive from above. How much grace I will receive from above. And if you can't, ask the Lord, Lord, look up at the crucifix and say, Lord, help me to forgive as you forgave those 
who wronged you and help me to forgive as you forgive me. Because if we continue to harbor grudges, if we continue to harbor resentments, and we don't find in our heart to forgive the others, we don't want to be handed over to the tortures. Jesus wants us to rest. When we find that rest, when we learn to forgive. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you, baby! The you, baby! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! We need a running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly! It's you a no-brainer! He's a Hall sentence. of Famer! <laughs> That guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? All right. Where do we start? See, there... I believe right now, we just did a segment on forgiveness. Be nice to each other. I believe there is a disagreement at this table as to where to begin our podcast. We just heard what happened last night. Something big happened last night. That's right. But I... But the person sitting across me would say there's something bigger that happened. Grand Slam, baby. Twice. That's right. So because I love the man sitting across from me, I'll throw him a bone. Come on, week week two. What? Ah, there we go. <laughs> really bad audio quality. He's doing the fish. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to start with the Dolphin Fight song, but uh, we'll start. It's only week two. Stop! We're 2 and 0 but we'll get there. <laughs> I'll, I'll play your game because we saw. It is September 18th, and we are in wild card position. All right, so when the weekend began, we were traveling, and we both agreed that if we took one from the Braves, who had oh, we had only beaten once all year. Yep. Oh, but, we were happy. Yep. I just said survive Atlanta. Exactly. And we took it on Friday. Came back and can't come from behind fashion. Took it on Friday. And then Saturday, we were on a plane and we thought we were going to watch just beginning. We ended up watching the whole game. And Grand Slam. Finally. And then yesterday, during the witching hour, <laughs> they, I mean, by the witching hour, it was over. It was 16 and 2 yeah. was the final score. It was, a, it was a football score at 1.4 to nothing. Wow, the Marlins going tonight. No, oh, nice. So don't, don't don't tell me that I don't care. I never said you don't care. Don't tell me. I mean, <laughs> listen. I just said priorities right now is let's get wild, Miami. Uh, I believe we do. I think that uh, you, you. I didn't watch any of the game because I was watching Red Zone, and I kind of snuck in a nap there, but because yeah. we had a long day the day before, but. Uh, I was watching. I asked you how was the crowd, and he said it was a good crowd for. Yeah, like you know, Sunday crowds are usually good. Twenty five thousand on Saturday, another twenty four yesterday. So the Mets are in town. You know, there will be Mets fans. They're a sneaky team, though. No, they are. They took some from Cincinnati. Yep. So didn't take it yesterday, but whatever. But the Mets are in town, and their nemesis. You know, got, you got Mutt fans coming in. Yep. But, you know, the Braves fans were already saying, oh, no, he didn't take this seriously because they already clinched. Like, Wait, get we, out of we here. encountered a Braves fan in the, get in, out of here. In the factory on, on Friday. And, ah, oh, you're playing the Marlins this weekend, and you'll probably get a couple there. You know, yeah. and, 
And I said, you're unstoppable. Apparently not. Yep. It's catching fire at the right yep. time. Did Atlanta peak too early? Did the Cub there? I just but saw an I, article. I've been saying it since the trade deadline. They peaked too early. When we switched on the, the before we switched on the mics, yep. I, I saw something that said, are the Cubs collapsing? Did they peak too early around the trade deadline? Yep. You know, they're still in it. Yep. Well, if we win tonight, we are we take the second wild card spot. If the Cubs don't play if today? If the Cubs don't play today, we have the tiebreaker over Chicago and Arizona. I think the only team we don't have a tiebreaker over is San Francisco. And they're behind us. Based on intradivision. Yep. So, so we're in good shape. On the 18th of September, instead of leading off 12 hours after the Dolphins win a football game in Foxborough, we are leading we're with... talking Marlins baseball. Marlins baseball. That's right. Before we pivot to football, uh, I believe we need to talk more about baseball and about the spiritual experience we had on Thursday evening in a ballpark. Go for it. Because you've I'd, been there. I've been there. I've been All there right. twice. So on Thursday night, you finally pro- made your way to. Yeah, we had, like I said, we had meetings that we had in Boston, and and, and the, our host took us to a Red Sox Yankee game. Yankee fan that I am, I had never seen the Red Sox and Yankees play in person. And you finally got to see them on in the worst Fenway. possible year. Yeah, they're both. <laughs> I'm looking at the score, at the the standings that they always have at the bottom of the monster, and there they are at the bottom of the monster. And they As, didn't have a. They're not having a terrible season. No, they're they're both over five hundred. If they were in the National League, they would be wild card teams. And the AL Central, they'd be they'd be leading the yep. AL Central. So, uh, folks, wow. I mean, I'm at a loss for words. I knew it was going to be special. Obviously, the Yankees winning that game helped, but you feel like you're walking in a time machine. Yep. You're seeing baseball at its purest. It was Hispanic Heritage Night, so I'm like, they're playing the playlist from Marlins yeah. Park, but I was okay. <laughs> they played Pepas. You, you committed know. a Yankee mortal sin, though. I sang Sweet you Caroline. You sang Sweet Caroline. Because we had just scored a run. And also because, <laughs> you know, there is video somewhere out there of Jorge and I singing Sweet Caroline in full throat and me saying the Yankees <laughs> just took the lead and the Red Sox stink. I didn't say stink. But... It was my father was like who is not a Yankee fan. Like how dare you? How dare I mean, you know, he, he was a Baltimore fan growing up, and then the Marlins came. He became he's a Marlins fan now. But it's like how dare you? I have very I have very good friends that are have been Red Sox fans since before it became fashionable to yep. be a Red Sox fan, and God bless them. And I thought I always thought that I would always be in Fenway for the first time with them. And I said no, I need to come back because we got there in the second inning just in time to see Judge hit a grand slam. Yep. And we saw Wani uh, Peraza hit one over the the monster, over the monster. Oh. And it was just, it's, it's so just a beautiful, night. it was a perfect night. It was like 65 degrees. Uh, and there was energy in the ballpark, even for a meaningless game yep. in mid-September for both these teams. But it was, it was a great experience. And I highly recommend Wrigley at, and, and, uh, and Fenway. I've been to both now. So the only... Last of the, the the golden age, I mean, yep. the old ballparks, I guess, the Dodger that, Stadium. I know Orange Bowl is a football stadium, but it had that Orange Bowl it did. feel to it with all yeah. that exposed uh, exactly. structure. The structure, the, you know, the, 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 the iron, the, the, yep. the columns, all that stuff. Uh, it was just, it was just beautiful. And, but I want to go back and just take it and tour more of the ballpark and, and just, and maybe sit on the lower, we were in the upper deck, but the upper deck is really, really, really isn't an upper deck. You're right over the field. 
You really are. And it was wonderful. So, that being said, what happened last night? Tua. Tua and the Dolphin defense yep. happened last night. And to go into... So more more Moster than uh, Tua. Yeah, but here's the thing. To go into... To fly across the country to face a very good Chargers team, which is now on two, by the way. Yep. And anytime you go into Foxborough, it doesn't matter how good or how bad the Patriots are, you're always going to have to battle. When Mostert hit that touchdown to make it 24 to 10, you know, everybody's saying, no, it's over. I'm like, nope. I've seen too many horror shows in this building in person to know that this is over. And it wasn't until an offensive lineman came half a yard shy of a first down. Uh, So many things happened in that game and we could dissect it. I don't think Chua had the greatest of nights. Obviously, he underthrew that ball to Tyreek that was intercepted. He had a, a, a throw to Waddle's off. Waddle was interfered with, and that led to a New England touchdown in the draft after the second half. Uh, I don't think Tua had a perfect night. Now, he did have great throws, but this is the NFL. Okay? Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are combined 0 and 4. One of those two teams, maybe both those teams, will not make the playoffs. And yet, the Dolphins go on the road, have played a quarter of their road games for the year, yep. and they are undefeated at 2-0. and And this is what I'm saying is that the measuring stick in the AFC until they are dethroned is the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost their first game at home and can only muster 17 points on the road in Jacksonville against a very good team. But you could also make the case that the Patriots can be 2-0 and as well mm-hmm. if they would have converted a fourth down last week and if they would have converted a fourth, fourth down last night. Last week, a guy's toe was in the mound. Last night, an offensive lineman, when he was lateraled the ball from Gusecki, yep. barely, almost, sorry, almost made it to the marker. So the, the Patriots could very well be 2-0 and as well. But the Chiefs only could muster 17 points in Jacksonville. We scored 24. So, And we've won both games very differently. Yes. One with defense, another one with overpowering offense. And even off of how we scored yesterday was run, 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 run. There was, I mean, I didn't expect yep. Mike McDaniel to come out with a running game. And the thing is that, and in that... Uh, so did he out Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick? Very difficult. <laughs> Somebody was saying yesterday, I can't believe that Mike McDaniel and Bill Belichick have the same job. Both head coaches yep. in the National Football League. Now, Bill Belichick, my goodness. He dropped about, three safeties and said, I yeah. dare you. Yeah, and and it, it took out. Yep. A so Mike kind of knew that that was going to happen. Yep. So they said, let's run the ball, and they ran the ball. On the last drive that, that the Dolphins had the ball, where they drove for a kick that was, you know, that was no good. And Ashley's uh, boy. They should have gone for it. <laughs> they should have gone for it. It was a 55-yard field goal. I have no confidence in Jason Sanders. Absolutely none. The block field goal, that wasn't Jason's fault. Props to doing it. Even Christian Wilkins said it in the— Because in, oh. that was Christian Wilkins' man that he should have blocked. Props to them coming with, at, pulling that out of a rabbit hat and blocking that field goal. But, Jorge, this is a team, the New England Patriots— that always pull a rabbit out of their hat like they did last night with that blocked field goal. This is a team where 
Everybody's saying, Bill Belichick will take, the, take whatever you do best and take it away, find another way to beat me. And they did. Yep. And they ran the ball. Mostert ran for over 100 yards. So, my goodness, you go into SoFi across the country. You go into Foxborough, which has been a house of horrors for the Miami Dolphins since Tom Brady came along. And you win. You could have won decisively. You should have put that game away earlier. Yep. But you cannot quibble in the NFL where during the witching hour, where they say wins become losses and losses become wins, you know, so many things can happen where it is razor thin the difference between a win and a loss. I lost six games yesterday Ooh. in the one o'clock hour, in the one o'clock window. And I'd say more than half of them. More than half of them. Let's see, how are you doing in that, by the way? Oh, stop. I'm in, in, I'm tied with your sister. You're in fifth place. I am in fifth place. And You're who's in first place? Three-way tie in fifth place. Who's in first place? I don't know. Who's in first place? Who's in first place? I don't this know. This guy right here. That, this guy. Let's talk about <laughs> it in week 17, because this guy was not in first place. I'm enjoying the rankings while I still can. Okay. But what I'm saying, my point is. Because <laughs> I picked Washington. Place. I can't believe you chose Washington. I picked Washington. In Mile High. Yeah. Well, now we, now we get Denver this weekend. I'll you be will. there. Yes, you will. Anyway. We haven't lost a game that I've gone to, so. Let's keep it going. Don't, <laughs> why, why would you say that? <laughs> but my point is, we're in the NFL, so difficult to win on the road. So difficult to win on the road where things happen. And in that house of horrors, I totally thought that offensive lineman got the first down. Until I saw the replay, of course. He was shut down, yep. and it was the right call. But I'm like, oh, this cannot happen. We stopped Kasiki two yards shy. And shout-out to Bradley Chubb, and shout-out to uh, to Van Winkle. He had a game. He had a monster game. And yes, now you could talk to me about Vic Fangio's defense, because Vic Fangio's defense showed up without their best defensive lineman, mm -hmm. who tweaked his back on Friday. Imagine if Jalen Phillips was out there with that pass rush. I mean... New England, Mac Jones should be stacked more. But Mac Jones showed me something yesterday. That New England team, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to see them again. This year we have to play them at home, but yep. I prefer not to. Yep. But Buffalo came back yesterday, won the game. We play them in two weeks in Orchard Park. Prefer to play them in September, early October. I think it's October first. We play them then playing them in December like we did last year. But the Dolphins. Good run. Good. But look, good. And, and like I said, looking around the league, who else scares you in the AFC? Who says, wow, we can't, we don't match up with these people? Has anyone looked as good as Miami? Dallas. No, in the AFC. In the AFC, no. In the AFC, you can make a case for Baltimore, but they struggled against a very bad Houston team who I picked yesterday. Stupid me. I mean, I know this is all week two overreaction. I know. <laughs> overreactions are more week one. But Baltimore went in and you know, a desperate Cincinnati yep. team. Something's wrong with Joe Burrow. I mean, he injured his calf again. Baltimore's at 2-0. We're at 2-0. So we'll see what happens there. Pittsburgh plays tonight. Uh, but, you know, and, and Cleveland plays tonight. They're on, you know, they won last week. But Baltimore's the only one that you could say Kansas City's 1-1. One one, but Kansas City, Kansas City's still the cream of the crop. And Buffalo... Again, they should have put that game away against the Jets mm -hmm. when Aaron Rodgers went down last week. And the Jets go into 
Dallas. Oh no, we're 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 all behind Dude, Zach that Wilson. Was ugly. And the Dallas Cowboys put a whooping on them. Mike yep. Mika Parsons. My goodness, that man is good. I saw maybe the first few plays of that game before I had to go to mass, and that guy just—I mean, he was like dancing around the line and said, "I'm going to sack this guy," and he did. Just amazing. We face them on Christmas Eve here in Miami. That's going to be a, maybe a Super Bowl preview. Who knows? That'll be fun. Who knows? All right, I need—I have a new sound bite for our uh, bumper music coming, which is because you want to talk about early season overreactions. Okay, go ahead. Prime time in Boulder, Colorado. <sighs> Tired of it already. <laughs> now, you were at, at an event. You didn't see anything. We got. We, I had. We had traveled all day. I didn't make it to kickoff. I was out for oh, me to I be was out. Watching the game. They had it on the. They had it on the TV. No, what I. You give me your what you saw. All I saw was the highlights. It was. They're gonna get spanked this week. Against they're at Oregon. Oregon. They're, they're in Eugene. Um, it, it it was not pretty. This morning I saw a video, which I had not seen yet, of Shadir Sanders, the quarterback, yeah. Deion's son, yeah. poking, poking the eyes. Yeah. Of a, now, I mean, both, both teams were just playing so dirty. No, they were playing. It no, was awful. The, the hit they, the, on Hunter it was, was very, very dirty. But the thing is that I know you're going to talk about and people are, don't compare them to the Canes of the 80s. Canes of the 80s won national championships. There's a team that won one game last year. And the coaches were, I mean, yes, Jimmy Johnson was brash, was not that brash. This team has no defense. Now, Oregon struggled against Baylor. Was it Baylor? I know they played a Big 12 opponent a couple weeks ago. Uh, or no, it was a Texas, I forget now. It was Texas Tech or Bay. It was a Big 12 team. But Oregon struggled against that team to, to put that team away. And um, I think it was Texas Tech. But... So we'll see what Dion does. I respect what he's done in terms of having these kids ready to play. But they almost lost it. They needed two overtimes to put out yep. a team and you were 24 and a half point and then favorites. They storm the field. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm enjoying the Danny Canal, Dion uh, Sanders family feud going on right now. You know, Dion Sanders Jr calling Danny Cannell names on Twitter. Oh, boy. Because he made Danny Cannell made the same point you did. Sorry to compare you to a bitter feminine. Yes. Said, why are you storming the field when you're 24 and a half point favorites? Yep. And you needed two overtimes. And you needed two overtimes. Uh, but that game ended at 2, 2.30 in the morning. We were long since. I slept yep. for nine hours yesterday. I was yep. out early. Early. But yep. look at the panorama of college football. Alabama struggled. Out of get, the top 10 for the first of, time in 128 which weeks. Which means that the Canes still have the, the record for most consecutive That's weeks right. in the top 10 from 1985 when I was in fifth grade all the way through my freshman year of college, of seminary. Yep. They were in the top 10. I did not know the Canes not being in the top 10 during my middle school or high school years. Nice. But... Took care of business against Bethune-Cookman. They pulled the starters, only mustered the same amount of points they mustered against an SEC team because Mario has respect for his opponent. Yep. They could have won 60. They oh, could have won 100. Easy. easy. But look at the panorama. So Alabama struggled in South, uh, Everyone South Florida. Everyone struggled this weekend. And probably should have dropped out, dropped down further. 
It was trap week. FSU, you saw the game I didn't. Oh. Should have lost if it wasn't for a face mask to, they, to Boston College. Uh, not just the face. 18 penalties Boston College committed. Oosh. It was so undisciplined, so bad. They they had that game won. Well, but they didn't. There was one upset. But FSU was, did not look close to themselves. Right. The one big upset was Missouri beating 15th ranked Kansas State. Should Kansas State 61 have, yard walk off field goal? Yeah, that's crazy. It happens. College kickers they give it, they take it away. So yeah, but but college football was still fighting our footing. This yep. weekend you have games. Yep. You have FSU, Clemson, you have Oregon, Colorado, Notre Dame, Ohio State, State, Ole Miss, Alabama. Will Ole Miss really expose Alabama? We were watching that Alabama offense is like no show. Yep. You know, they said, oh, they have three quarterbacks and they couldn't decide. And, you know, maybe all three could play and maybe all three will be playing on Sunday. But, you know, Nick can't decide. And he pulled the quarterback. He started a different quarterback than last Mm -hmm. week. Didn't finish the game. Yep. So, Jorge, I don't, I, I don't understand this love affair. And we didn't mention Georgia also struggling with South Carolina early on. They pulled away late. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't understand why that we need to, uh, in college football, keep carrying the water for these blue blood programs. You know, Alabama has to be in the top ten. Georgia nope. has to be ranked number one. Nope. Texas moved up to number the, three uh, yesterday. The tide is turning, no pun intended. <laughs> What's bad? <laughs> the tide is turning. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is. But but we're seeing we're seeing the effects of nil now, and the transfer where portal there's, where there's there's more parity in the across the league. And Dabble doesn't want to dab. You want another one? Dabble into that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> back up another bad joke with an with, with an even <laughs> worse joke. Uh, but I don't get it. And, but it's still fun to watch the the, the insanity. Yep. Father Andrew said, "I go these. We thought, oh, there's no good games on Saturday. Those, those Sunday, those Saturdays, when you see like the slate of games, you're like, eh. Yep. But stop giving prime time so much attention. Yes, it it probably drives ratings. It did get good ratings. You know, even for a ten o'clock game, probably get good ratings. But ah, uh, I'm tired of it already. Go away. Yeah, do something first." Oregon, then, then USC, back to back, but we'll also find out a lot, about, a lot about Oregon and USC. I think. Yep. See what where they measure up. But I don't see any defense on that Colorado team. Yes, Sanders kid can ball a quarterback, and, and the other one that plays on the other side of the ball, they can ball. Yep. Their kids, their chips off the old block, and he was a tremendous football player. Yep. Tremendous football player, one of a kind. Uh, but I'm tired of that. Just go away. <laughs> Just get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, part of the bump of me. Go away. Uh, Inter Miami lost without Messi. They, they they were like, yeah, but Atlanta reveled in that. They tweeted some shade. Next time, bring your whole squad. Go back to July twenty fifth when we pasted you for nothing in the League's Cup in the humidity of Miami on natural grass. You know, and it wasn't because of the turf. Messi's played on turf, but Jordi Alba stayed back also. Yep. Uh, but we had chances. I, that camp compound a goal where he passed it after Ricochet passed it to himself, yep. and you know that was beautiful. But we'll see. They play again on Wednesday. They play again on Wednesday. So many things to look forward to this week. And the Dolphins try to go over three and zero. The Marlins try to, you know, we're apparently in control of our own destiny. 
whatever that means in yep. in baseball because there's 17 games. We have a games? magic Wait. number. It is September 18th, Wait, and we have a is magic it 13 number. games left? Or, or no, 13. Yeah, 13. 13 games left? Our magic number is 12. You know, and Philly's right there at three and a half. You know, we no. don't play Philly anymore. No, we have six. We have Milwaukee again. Seven against the Mets. And we need to avoid Milwaukee. I prefer three against up. Milwaukee So if, three if against we, Pitt. If we end up with a third spot, we play Philly for a three-game series. If we end up with the second no. spot, we play. If we're the third spot, we play Milwaukee. Milwaukee, sorry. And if we play in second spot. If we spot, get the second spot, we, we go on the road to, 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 to Philly. Philly. And, if we and I, I like first, my chances on that one. If we take the first spot, we host the series here. Yeah, we'll be there. It's reachable. Reachable, it really is, and and I re- I want no part of that Milwaukee pitching staff. Yep. They were tough on us uh, last week. They we'll, really were. We'll see them again. Uh, no, we later, do we do see them again later this week. And then the the summer odyssey that will not end. By the way, we we drove by the Heat summer home. Oh yeah, uh, this weekend when we and passed by TD and the Panthers. <laughs> Sorry, Panthers are playing preseason hockey. I didn't yep. even know that. How about that? They Ooh. start soon. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, but we passed by the seats, Heat Summer Home TD TD Garden. Like, hey, look, they were advertising a Bruins game. My like, God, it's cute. The Bruins lost in the first round after a historical, you know, run in the regular season. So is this the week Dame becomes a heater? That was the next thing on my run. To, um, there's rumors, but there've been rumors all summer. I'm like, I'm just get this over with, or just roll with what got you here. I mean, this team that well. Mind escape Vincent and Max Drews took us to the NBA Finals, but Giannis is also a little bit out there. You know, you know, he's not really happy with the situation in Milwaukee. Not to say that Milwaukee's going to trade him, but that's a, he's always been on Pat Riley's radar mm. because Pat Riley likes the big man. So we shall see. We shall see. So it was it was fun being around Boston sports fans. Ashley's not here because she went to the game last night. I haven't heard from her. I, I hope she's fine. She did. She messaged me. Oh, she messaged you? Okay. After, because she didn't message me late last night nor this morning. So she's on her way back from Gillette. That's in the middle of nowhere. But but I'm just, Victory Monday, you walk up. You know, when the, when the referee came back and said, short of the line to gain, basically the game was over. I, I literally, you know, pumped my, yep. you know, did the chest bump <laughs> and, and like Tarzan. And Father Adam's like, it's going to hurt tomorrow morning. It does not hurt this morning at all. At all, and let out you know some choice words for the New England faithful because I lived through twenty years of suffering at the hands of New England. It's always sweet to beat them. It's yep. always sweet to beat the New York Jets. It's always sweet to beat the Buffalo Bills. But last yesterday to start two and zero, two and zero. Yep. Here we go. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's do this. But we were two and zero last year. Okay, one game at a time. I don't see anyone messing with us right now as of week two but it's a long season a lot of things can happen for the good or for the bad but there's something about this team there's something about this coach running from the camera that was just awesome that was just that's how i felt last night and i feel this morning so let me get you all out of here learn to forgive i did i mentioned this at the 5 30 mass and we're finishing the sports segment you know I forgave, not forgave, but felt pity for last week, Or I told you this. On Monday night, oh. on the fourth play of the game, I felt pity for Aaron Rodgers and the oh, New York yeah. Jets. <laughs> and it felt a little bit freeing, you know, just throwing that out there. It makes, you know, do with that what you will. 
but it was it was a nice moment. You know, I felt pity, and I felt some joy for them. You know, at the end of that game when they won on that walk off punt and punt return in overtime, then they came crashing down to reality yeah. yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys. But you know, it was it was a little freeing. So take with that what you will. So, but learn to forgive. Learn to forgive your enemies. Learn to forgive those who wronged you. Not seven times, but 77 times. Because that's how God will judge us on the last day. Forgive one another. May Almighty God bless you. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.